My name is Baratunde Thurston. I'm a writer, activist, sometimes comedian, and I'm all about exploring the issues that shape us as Americans. This country is wild, and its natural landscapes are as diverse as its people. Hey! There it is, there it is. How does our relationship with the outdoors define us as individuals and as a nation? Viva Las Vegas. What's up, Jeff? Baratunde, thank you so much for that wonderful welcome. And thank you for joining me to talk about your new series, America Outdoors on PBS. By the way, I love your name. I could just say it all day. Baratunde. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here with you. (laughs) Our relationship to the outdoors in America, how it defines us, connects us. That is the theme of your new series, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, literally that. It was exploring through a diverse set of Americans how we are shaped by our outdoors, uh, how we are refilled and refueled by them, uh, how we're made by them. And so we find uh, a a varied cast of characters. I'm I'm talking fifth generation ranchers in Idaho and crabmen in the Chesapeake Bay. I'm talking refugee kids who just showed up here and are using the connection to the outdoors to make this country feel more like home. I'm talking black folks on surfboards in very large numbers I've never seen before. Uh, I'm talking regenerative farmers in little towns like Finland, Minnesota. There are so many different ways that we are made by uh, the world around us. And I I was excited to to bring this project, help bring the project to life and and be a vehicle for it. Now, you've accomplished what most Americans haven't, uh, explored America uh, in our own backyard. What an incredible experience that must have been. Yes. I mean, this place is big. I've traveled a lot. I'm in my 40s. I've been around the block a couple of times. And even I was like, what is this? This feels alien. I mean, like you're in Vegas. You can, people can have a simple idea, a too simplistic idea of the desert. I know I did. As an East Coaster coming out to Southern California, I'm like, big deal. It's brown. There's a lot of brown everywhere, whatever. And then you go out there and there's so much life and there's different shades of brown. <laughs> and when you find water, it's so much more precious and vibrant. You have these oases, these plots of green. And then you find the indigenous people who've been like, yeah, we've been trying to tell you there's ways to live without destroying the whole thing. If you just had listened, instead of trying to wipe us out the whole time. So there's there's a humility to the lessons that we can continually learn if we open ourselves up to that connection with nature. Of your six part series, I think when you were exploring Idaho, becoming a cowboy with a real life cowboy, you can't get more American than that. No, that, yeah, Martin Black. I mean, definitely the most unique person I have met in a long time. And in this series, a man of few words who's ironically put on a TV show, which is so powerful because the visuals, he communicates with his body, he communicates with his eyes. And the environment shaped him. He's a cowboy, a vaquero. Uh, is he takes the Mexican name. And he's like, I don't like trees to be too close. I like to see in the distance. So he's got a thousand acres for him and his cattle to be able to see anybody that's trying to sneak up on him, see what, see the wind coming if you need to. And it's, it's interesting to see the personality of someone so clearly linked to their physical environment. We, we tend to think we get it from our parents, but we also get it from our other parent, mother nature. The episode we explored, the Appalachian Trail, you know, many walk that trail for personal best and for personal challenges. It's a very spiritual journey. 
Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a lot of healing that happens in the outdoors. You know, a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of psychological growth. People are working through things, and when you're going through a physical hardship, I think that can help us process emotional hardship. So, you know, I touch base with some people on the trail who are going through some things. Uh, I also, I think, what stands out to me from the Appalachia moment, at least as I'm talking to you right now, uh, is Jared Blake, who essentially is like an acoustic researcher. He he focuses on the sounds of nature and he goes out into the most remote places he can to try to capture the sounds of the, of the natural world not affected by humans, which is increasingly difficult to do. We have a lot of noise pollution. There's always the sound of a machine or a plane or something else human made going on in the background. So going with him and just listening to nature, it kind of changes your heartbeat and your respiratory rate and it's meditative, and it doesn't really cost that much. I mean, you have to get there, but for many of us, the access is easier than we know. We just have to look for it. I would say Tidewater was the most difficult episode to watch, and it was a very sobering experience and very sobering episode. Yeah, this, this I mean, everyone should watch every episode of this show. They, they have all got action, they've got comedy, they've got inspiration, uh, they've just got knowledge. There's a lot of you know, learning uh, that I did to the show and that that viewers will do uh, in the process. But the Tidewater episode is by far the most emotional. And, and because of our visit to the, uh, the Great Dismal Swamp, which I'd read about in a history of the country, but never really learned about in school, didn't understand what it was. This was a gigantic swamp that uh, in the beginning, George Washington and a bunch of other fellow businessmen tried to drain. So drain the swamp, is an actual historically accurate phrase. Uh, and they wanted to drain it for the purposes of business to grow things there like cotton and tobacco and sugar, you know, the original uh, American crops that they had slaves, you know, do. Well, uh, people trying to not be a part of that slave economy ended up fleeing to this swamp, which wasn't very tameable uh, and had too many bugs and too many leeches and too many monsters in it. Uh, for the powers that be to, to maintain. So 50,000 folks uh, over the course of almost 100 years lived in this swamp. It was a major stop on the Underground Railroad, maroon colonies, as they're known, these uh, colonies of formerly uh, enslaved people uh, known as maroons would live there. And they built their settlements on the historic settlements of indigenous people who had lived there thousands of years before. So the land carries many stories and there's a level of time travel that we get to do if we opened our, our minds and our hearts to, to what the land has to tell us. And what I, what I heard from the land is, you know, you belong here. This is your place too. And yes, there's a lot of pain on this land and a lot of bondage, but there's also a lot of joy and a lot of liberation. And I was moved to tears uh, in, in this part of the story. So uh, I've given away a lot, but there's more because you haven't seen the pictures. Watching that episode, I hope you, know, you can experience what uh, uh, even a tenth of what I got to. Baratunde, congratulations. Thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, let's talk again soon. I'm a new fan. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day.